All right. Mike Sudik in the building. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? You did. You did. Yeah, I did. Because we're good I, friends. We're actually friends. We know. We're not yeah. strangers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's great to uh, get you here on the on the podcast. Um, we've uh, talked a lot about you know fatherhood. You have a podcast, Two Cent Dad, which you've had some ridiculous level of guests on, um, and and also just some really cool insights and. Um, we talk about homeschooling. You also homeschool, so a lot of interesting. And you also are like a recruiter. You work for a company that does that builds teams. So it's like we have there's so much to talk about. Um, yeah. But uh, what? How do you how do you introduce yourself? Well, first of all, Ken, it's a pleasure to be on your show, man. And I I love um, everything you're doing. I love your consistency of just quality output, man. You're like output it, consistency it, of output. The quality piece. Of output. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta put a caveat on that, on that word, you know, I didn't say that, but you know, you could say that. <laughs> I can say that. I can say that. Um, I can say that. That's kind of my bias though, is I have a bit of a bias for putting stuff out. And I think that it, you know, it is what it is. Like I have a buddy that focuses intensely on quality of his technical setup and, mm -hmm. you know, maybe is not as consistent on putting stuff out. So it's, it's an interesting balance to find, you know, it's interesting. It made me think of, do you follow Matt D Smith? He does, he's a designer MDS. He goes by the Twitter handle MDS. He's a guy in Atlanta. I don't think so. He, so it's interesting. I, I know a guy, a, I, I know a guy with a Twitter handle whale who I think his name is Matthew Smith. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to look him up right now, but his Twitter gonna, handle is whale. <laughs> I don't, and, think, uh, I don't think it's, it's MDS, but okay. anyways, he, he did this, like, he did this like video project where it was like him, like in a, in a, um, like a dystopian future where it had like, it was like, you're looking through the lens of like a computer where it's like analyzing his, analyzing his face and like things are popping up. And he did this, it was like an, it was like a time lapse, but it probably took him like an hour or two and it looked really cool. Like, and this guy is super talented. Um, and he's like a, a known designer, but I'm like, why is he doing this? Like this had to have taken so much time. Like, yeah, yeah so you know, like content marketing, whatever, maybe it's good for him to like put out. But it struck me, Kalen, that I was like, he got good by doing stuff like this. And, and like to speak to your like, you know, consistent, you know, output, it's like, you just do that. Like he probably, he enjoys it. Obviously I think you yeah. enjoy it too. I don't think it's torture for you. What, you know, all the content you put out, but it's like, that's what he just does that. And he just gets better. Like, yeah, that's just part of the process. You know And it was like? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. kind of struck me. Like, hmm. Have I rationalized a way doing something that probably would have gotten me, you know, better skills or whatever down the road of where I want to go yeah. because I didn't, it goes like high ROI or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's like, I yeah. think it is, you know, we were talking a little bit about Gary V and one of the things that Gary V talks about a lot is don't get blocked by wanting to have the perfect setup, the perfect camera, just start putting stuff out. Um, and he talks about that a lot. And then of course his quality has gotten up over the years quite a bit. Um, but yeah, that's definitely, I sort of have a bias in that direction for better or worse. And then I'm also mm -hmm. try, try to be conscious of improving quality as well but you know putting out content is is tricky i think for me really enjoying it is so much of the battle and i've definitely have times when i get burned down on it i stop doing it you know and and finding i t i think finding something you're genuinely interested in 
is sort of the whole game on some level. Like, like your your podcast on fatherhood, I think, is so cool on so many levels, and I think there's this real, I think there's this real gap in the world right now for fathers, in, in specifically, yeah. um, and particularly that intersection of people that are in business. And at the same time, like if you're putting on your growth hacker hat, like doing a dad podcast isn't going to make money necessarily, right? But you're yeah. doing it because you love it, because you care about it. And maybe there's a cool way to monetize that, right? Maybe you could sell beard like kits or like who knows, right? Like that would be <laughs> the guy that doesn't even have a beard that's as cool as yours. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like maybe there's a way to do that, and that would be great. Like that'd be awesome to be able to give yourself this space to you know, 10 X what you're doing there, but you just do it cause you love it. And I, I love that about it. You know, there's a fine line. That's a good point you bring up. So I would say it's as fine line between authenticity and actually like, um, work that you have to put into it. You know, it's yeah. like, it, and it, and it kind of opens up the, the discussion around like following your passion, you know, is like, that's like kind of BS advice, but there's some truth in it. Yeah. And just to put out content like blindly is not necessarily a good strategy either. There's like this careful, like balance there. Yeah. And I had, I started the two cent dad podcast, which you can find at two cent dad, the number two cent dad.com. There we go. Um, there we go. Um, I started cause I just wanted to have these conversations. I was, I was starting to run a business that I'd taken over as a family business. We built software teams for companies and I think we had had our second, we had our second at the time. So we had two kids that were under like, you know, three and I'm like, I don't know how to do this. And I don't, what I don't know how to do was I didn't know how to balance my time be, because I actually really cared about business and I wanted to spend time there. It wasn't yeah. like I hated the man and it's like, oh, I just like, I hate my job, but I want to spend all my time with the kids. It's like, no, I actually really like this and I actually want to spend less time with my family here sometimes. And that's not a good thing. But then there's yeah, sometimes where you, I, I hate it and I want to spend time with my family. It's like, I don't know how to deal with this. And this is like a child, you know, in yeah. the sense that you're like, trying to build this thing. And I'm like, I didn't see anything out there for that. I didn't see anything. Anything was... It was one of two categories. One was stay-at-home dads, which is like, okay, that's fine, but that's just not me. I don't we could rant. Me and you could rant on that for a while. We could rant I, all day, man. It's like, it's like, or the other one was, it was all business stuff. There was nothing. It's like they kind of just like you, you can't you can't talk about business without talking about your personal life or your if you have a family about your family. Yeah. And so I'm like, I find anything. I'm like, I just want this to exist in the world. And I was talking to my buddy, Alan branch, actually. I don't know if you know him. Yeah. I've on, talked to him once before. Yeah. He, yeah, was, yeah. he was the guy that encouraged me to just start the podcast. And I was like, I was thinking about like a blog. I was like, I didn't really, well, podcast wasn't on my radar. He's like, he's like, dude, just, just call these people up and just have a conversation, hit record. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. He's like, just do it. He goes, go, go get five people. And he goes, well, I'll be, he does so many cool things. He does, he does so, so many, cool so many random, like I, did you see his, was it on YouTube? He did a, he did a full on, uh, it was a TV show. It was produced by, uh, brilliant, brilliant. And I want to copy it. It was, it was, he basically had a film production unreal. company. Yeah. He wanted to buy this house and rehab it. It was like a, a ware home, he called it. Right, and right, right, he's right, like, right, right. He's like, well, what if we turn this into a like a, a show? And then he started like, I don't even know. I think he like filmed it and everything. And then he took it to Lowe's. I think it was Lowe's. That's and right. basically it was like, that's right. 
they basically basically just set a show down on their desk and was like, Hey, do you want to buy this? And he said it was so compelling to Lowe's. So I talked to him about this and he was like, it was so compelling to Lowe's because they didn't have to fart around with like the production company, all the right. timeline. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we'll, just done. we'll pay you money. And then they, he got a whole bunch of free stuff. He's like, he would like all these companies would just be like, Hey, we'll, we're sending you a table saw. And I'm like, dude, you are like, I'm like so jealous of you right now. Right. No right, 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 right. Like <laughs> getting guy. You can't yeah. like you can't not like Alan Brand. You can't. Like, it's it's impossible. It's physically impossible. It's, it's um, totally impossible. So he so he encouraged me to do it, and he's like, "I'll be one of your, I'll be your your guests, like one of your guests." So I he was like the first episode, I think, and and so it's interesting because then I would just call people. I didn't have an agenda, and I think that the authenticity that you're kind of talking about, you're talking about that's before, yeah, like people realize that, and I think you think about like sales, you think about whatever. It's like if you're trying to be something you're not people's BS radars are like hyper tuned. Totally. To and, and even if you're being totally upfront, you're saying, Hey, listen, I'm a recruiter, have some great options for you. Those guys, Jason Calacanis, DHH, Jason Freed, those guys get pitched stuff all the time. What they don't yeah. get pitched is, Hey, let's just talk about fatherhood. Um, right. And I think that's what makes it such a unique pitch because like you said, there is this, let's call it 80% of dads or whatever the number is that have a job. They are dedicated to their work. They probably struggle quite a bit if we're being honest with, I don't want to spend time with my kids, right? It's easier for me to focus on work and I need to focus on work and I want to provide for my family. And I've spent so many hours doing that, that maybe I lost touch a little bit with, and I think almost like in the entire world, there's like, People are trying to become more balanced in that way. Um, and it is, a, it's a real struggle, you know, and I think that most dads are somewhere in that spectrum and they're not the like hundred percent stay at home dad. They're, you know, and they're, they're, they're in this sort of messy middle. And I think that's why it really speaks to something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously COVID kind of like threw all that for, I mean, threw everyone into that, you know, working remotely more. And the, it, it made the middle, it, it blended everything together, right? There was less distinction. Right. If you didn't normally work from home or maybe you did on occasion, not only now are you working from home full time, you really can't go to these places you probably would go to. Your kids are home all the time. It's like it exasperates that um, the boundaries maybe. Like I found myself like, I just need to get out of here. I need to like I need to go yeah. work somewhere else. And it's like – which is interesting because if you don't have that level of self care, it can actually breed resentment, right? You're totally. just like, and that's like, that's not a good thing. And I, and I don't, I feel like I'm, I'm not saying I'm like really good at that or like, I don't, it's not like I have a lot of resentment or whatever, but I'm not good at, at self care sometimes. Like I'm not yeah. good at being like, hey, I just need like an afternoon or something or like a few hours to just go even just go for a walk or something to get out of the house. It's like, I'm not good at that. And then like it builds up and it's like kind of explodes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like my dirty laundry. (laughs) Yeah. No, but that's so important to a lot of people really can't be so transparent about these things. And I think that there's such a, a need for that. Cause like all of us living in the real world are not perfect dads. And we wish like you always have some level of guilt of I'm not doing it right. I hope I'm not messing up my kids. I hope I'm, you know, and, um, those, you know, especially for those of us that care about our kids. And I think that's, again, is that 80% that really care, but you realize you're, 
you're you're messing things up all the time and um i feel like i'm spending actually less time right now i would say with my kids than at some points in the past but the difference is when i am spending time with them it's no phones it's no distractions it's it's i'm zoned in so probably throughout the day i have uh you know we have dinner uh we have a couple hours in the evenings and then a little bit interaction throughout the day throughout work um we just i just had lunch and i had you know like a half hour they were showing me some of the stuff they did and we were talking and stuff like that and uh so there there's been times where i probably had more physical time with them because maybe we're spending three hours together watching TV or I'm on my phone on the couch. And so I kind of have a little bit less time in some ways, but it's so much more focused and I feel so much better about it. And then we have a real good flow. Like on Saturdays, we always do something fun together, um, getting out into nature, that kind of thing and stuff like that. And um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes it doesn't necessarily mean because here's the thing if i have to spend 24 hours with my kids trying to be somewhat sane and to pay some level of attention to them it ain't gonna happen like i'm not you know what i mean like i'm not i'm not super dad like i'm not yeah you know and i'm and i'm working to improve that and to look for ways to get more time with them more quality time with them more uh projects together when we talk about homeschooling and things like that um, but it's, you know, there are limits, but that's, you not, know, that's not necessarily the ideal either. I'm not saying that you're saying that, but it's like, it's not like we should be striving for 24 seven, you know, always interaction. I mean, that we, they have to have boundaries too, right? Or not boundaries, yeah. but like there needs to be time between those interactions for them to have life apart, you know? And obviously it's different, different stages of life, but, um, it, it just speaks to the quality of that time and the engagement yeah. level, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like the extremes are easy, but the, but in parenting. So like either you can be super hover parent or you can be super absent parent. Um, and the super hover parent thinks they're doing a good job, but you're actually smothering your child. Right. And that's not good. So like it, but it's easy to be an extreme. It's easy to like, it's hard to be somewhere in the middle. Right. Yeah. Like, so it's like the, the classic case is like teachable moments for your kids where it's like, it's easy just to either tie their shoe or just to tell them, tie your shoe, you know, get you, I'm getting in the van. You better tie your shoe and just, just come there. Right. Or if you're like, Hey, let me teach you some techniques and I'm not going to tie it for you, but let me like stand at your shoulder and, and, and show you what you're maybe doing wrong. Like that takes like, that might take like 10 minutes as opposed to like 30 seconds to tie their shoe. Maybe that's a crappy example, but it's like, um, all the work is somewhere in that spectrum in the middle, right? Yeah. It's a perfect example. I mean, I, I'll be, I'll be honest. Like I was talking to my buddy today and, or yesterday, and, uh, I had this moment where, uh, my youngest daughter or my middle daughter, she's five was, uh, she leaves the door open the backyard, do the back door to the backyard. And we have tons of flies in the house all of a sudden this last week. And it drives me crazy. And I kind of got a little upset. I was like, I kind of raised my voice and uh, tell her to hurry up and not leave the door open. And I was like, I caught myself and I was like, ah, like that wasn't the greatest thing, you know, to to get frustrated. 
Um, and, and, and yes, like you said, like it, it was quick, it was quick and easy to say, Hey, close the door. Um, but would have been better to take a little minute to say, Hey, how can we get you to remember to close the door? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, then you, you also have a moment there. I, I'm with you on this. This is, um, yeah, I, I, without trashing my kids, I could go on a whole ramble. Um, but it's like, it's like you can either there's also there's also like if if you do react that way, which I find myself doing that multiple times, right? It's like you can then go in and say, Hey, I'm sorry, I you know, I I, I shouldn't have done that and actually like apologize and show them how to do that. Yeah. Or you can be like, Well, I'm not gonna do that. Like I'm gonna cramp down and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just make sure that they remember to close the door. Or you or you just close the door for them, you know, or something. It's like there's a middle ground there and yeah. 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 And it's, it's, uh, so. in the, in the day to day, in the little moments when you're rushed and, you know, and then the other thing yesterday is like my wife was sick. So I was doing breakfast. I was doing changing the diaper. I was, I was, I was, uh, stepping up in some respects to help out more. But sometimes when you do that, when you push yourself, you just have a little bit less, um, patience for things that come up. And so it's like, I'd love to be that perfect dad that could do everything, take care of everybody and also have perfect patience. But it's like in, in real life, there's, um, you know, it, you always second guess, how did I handle this interaction, that interaction? And, and so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's tricky. Um, when you have life getting in the way and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But so, uh, you know, the whole homeschooling thing is real interesting right now because in, you yeah. know, it's kind of exploding right due to COVID and you've been in the game for longer than I have. I think how long have you guys been homeschooling? Pretty much since the beginning. And I should say we, I mean, mostly, which I'm sure you're in the same boat. It's totally, it's totally fascinating. I think, um, I think the silver lining for COVID is people waking up a little bit more to their being more engaged with their children in general. Yeah. Um, and also questioning kind of the education process and the kind of the, just the, the normal path, which is like public education. They're just questioning that. And I, and I don't mean to say that that's all bad and there's no redeeming value in public education. Listen, I went, I was homeschooled first through fourth grade, then went to public school, had a great experience, right? Um, but it's interesting to me, Kaylin, how it's like, it's almost like the remote work thing. Like if you'd normally worked in the office and then you're also now working from home and you didn't have any sort of systems for doing actually remote work, you're not really doing good remote work, right? You're just doing work from home. It's the same thing as like, if you go to, if your kids were all suddenly having to like do remote schooling for public schooling, like that's not really homeschooling. <laughs> um, but, um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, cool to, uh, it's like, like everybody's uh, getting a, like a crash course in, and there's such a learning curve. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like, we've been doing it now for five, six years and it was super hard in the beginning, the first year or two. I mean, there's a lot of learning, figuring out your curriculum, figuring out, am I crazy? Is this totally nuts? Um, especially cause my wife and I, <laughs> yeah, am I, yeah, a hundred percent. Am I ruining my kids? And stuff like that. So like all of that learning curve, like, nope, like people doing it now, it's, it's so accelerated. 
and they're not even choosing to do it. It's just like, I'll do this because I have to, but the second I don't have to do this, I'm done, you know? So it's, it's a very different. In it, in its essence, the way that we kind of think about homeschooling, and I think you probably do too, that is, it doesn't matter actually where your kids go to, you know, quote school. It's, it's an ownership of your child's education that you're not abdicating to someone else. And so that you can do that if your kid um, attends a public school or a private school, or you do, you know, homeschooling, but it kind of, it, it changes your, your thinking on like, I'm responsible for my child's education. And so I'm going to, not only I'm going to choose the best, maybe main education route, but I'm going to, I'm going to seize any sort of teachable moment. I'm going to, I'm going to give them experiences such that it's going to round out their, you know, worldview and, and all of this stuff. And it's like, and maybe you, you say, Hey, I, I assess that I'm probably not, um, able-bodied enough to do traditional homeschooling. So I'm going to, I'm going to seek out these alternative methods. I'm going to send them to public school, but I'm going to do these things to supplement that or whatever. Yeah, that's fine. I think, yeah. I think that's, that's the exciting thing that I kind of see with COVID. It's like, it's people's like eyes opening up where it's like the traditional path is like, yeah, once a kid hits like five, six years old, they're going to like preschool, K, you know, kindergarten and on up. It's like, that's just, you just ship your kid off to school and you see them after work. And that's just how yeah. it works. And it's like, yeah, that's just totally abdicating the role where it's yeah. like, people are like, first there was chaos. Cause you know, you had to do things from home and then you're like, wait a second. Like maybe they shouldn't just do worksheets all day. And when they're in first grade, you know, and the metric shouldn't just be that they got 30 worksheets done today. Like maybe right. that's not the best, <laughs> right. you know, wait, uh, they've been doing it at post school. Okay. Well, what should they be doing? So then it's like, people are like Googling, okay, what should they be doing? Or what are some of their activities? Or they're just like, or they're just like taking them to the store. I mean, I guess maybe not COVID, they're not taking them to the store, but it's like, you're just doing life with them and you're using that to like teach them, you know? And yeah. it's like, yeah, that's really cool. You know? Yeah. And I think, I think there was probably a time in the U S and, and in other countries that made that time, maybe now where the educational system was so strong and the alignment of values was so, um, uh, evenly distributed. Everybody was sort of on the same page where you really kind of could do that. You could just send them to school, outsource that, not worry about it. And there's something very simple and nice about not having to worry about that. But it, just due to, you know, the, the age we live in, it's just not the case. No, Like you said, no matter what situation you're in, public, private, homeschool, whatever, you have to take an active role in, in it's really, you know, it's, I mean, education is a subset of parenting, right? And a lot of times there's this mindset of like, well, you're the parent, we're the teacher. Don't, you know, don't step on our toes. <laughs> um, and, and to, to have that shift in thinking, I think like you're saying is, is huge. It's the biggest shift, uh, by far. Uh, that you can have in the context of, you know, education, your kid's education. And why, why do you think you, you're saying the values you think shifted or, um, what, what changed, um, besides just having rose colored glasses for what was right in the past, now that we're like getting to be an old guys here, but it's like, <laughs> what, what shifted? I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. I have some thoughts on that, but I want to hear. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I try to, to stay out of things that are political, adjacent, you know, you can get yourself in a 
can't we can't get we can't get the podcast canceled here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know you uh, you know, um, but you, you can know edit out whatever you want, Kalen. So yeah, I, I, you edit out, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really do any editing, so, but um, but uh, yeah, I mean I you know I mean if you are uh, you know a little bit more conservative leaning. Um, there's a lot of things that are not going to be real super aligned with, with your thinking, um, kind of leave it at that. Um, and even just, you know, outside of that, uh, is just the, um, I'll give you an example. Like I went to public school, it was mostly fine. Um, but you know, there was, I mean, like I was, uh, you know, like when I started going to high school, I had a group of friends and they had some friends and it was like a hazing thing. Like all my friends are like Korean. And so their older, uh, friends were like, we're going to beat you guys up. So they were going to beat us up. And I was like terrified about that. Then I got into a couple fights in high school. There was a shooting, you know, when I was in junior, junior grade or whatever, my wife's high school was about 10 times worse than mine with gang activity and things mm-hmm. like that. And so, you know, some people say, well, it's socialized. That's life. That's you want your kids to understand the real world. Right. And like on the one hand, I do want my kids to go through challenges. Right. If they have this perfect life and they've never had anybody be mean to them before, um, that's that's part of life. You got you got to learn how to deal with that. But that doesn't mean that every negative situation, just because it's public school, is automatically healthy socialization, right? There can be environments that I saw somebody use the phrase psychologically abusive. I mean, mm. my, you know, there can be environments that are psychologically abusive or physically abusive. And just because it's public school, it's socialization doesn't mean that it's okay. Like you want your kids to have challenges. Uh, you want them to learn to socialize. And like when you homeschool, you have to sort of figure that out yourself. You have to figure out uh, what things are we going to get them into. Our kids are in dance, they're in music, they're in all sorts of stuff. Um, but you have to kind of create that yourself. You know, it's almost like with this whole kind of creator economy, like many people are becoming creators of content or making a product or selling something. And it's like, as a parent, you have to create the environment that your kids, it's like a choose your own adventure. You know, it's like, there isn't just this one path that works for everybody. It's like, you gotta kind of create all that. And then of course the challenge is, am I being too microman am i micromanaging too much am i being too controlling you know are we so you know it's it's a tricky and everybody has their own philosophy on it you know um i have daughters i'm super overprotective you know i mean the idea of anybody doing anything that would hurt my daughters is you know it's i would you know i'd go berserk i'm with you on that man amen i would be yeah i would We'd have some problems. Would, if somebody yeah, we'd have some, we'd have, that's, we'd have, yeah, we'll just leave that. We have some problems. We have some problems. We'd have some problems, you know. Oh. But what? But what are your what are your thoughts on that? I like I like what you said about like you're the creator trend, and you're actually creating the education experience for your kids, which I I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, you you hit on a lot though, so I'm trying to figure out what to respond to. Um. The whole socialization is a misnomer with with homeschooling. It's like people obviously have – when someone says that, they actually have no idea. Like that's what you know they have no idea when they're like, oh, how are they going to socialize? It's like, okay, we're not Amish. 
but that's cool. Um, anyways, and by the so way, like, I don't even want to talk to someone like that. And by the way, I think the Amish might be the one group of people that have it figured out. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> there's there's some truth there. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so so there's the socialization piece, and it's kind of like okay, so you're just saying your socialization is just throwing your throwing your kid into like a a group of unknown people that are just going to shape them and mold them. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, good one. With, good luck with that. Um, but socialization, actually, when you think about that, it's kind of like, then you have to ask the question, what is society and and does it match my values? And that's what you were saying. I think earlier you're saying if, if you're more concerned, then you have to look at what is the the environment like that, you know, public schools are, are you know, shaping. And that's a whole nother discussion. I, I don't actually have a lot of intel on that because my kids are homeschooled, you know, so I don't know what the current state of that is. I know that when I went to school, I'm 34. So when I was in high school, it was like, it wasn't that way. You know, there wasn't some of the stuff that's going on now, but, but the interesting thing, um, that you, that we, you were bringing up about, you know, creating your own education. And then you said, you know, how overbearing do you be or how involved? And that ties right in with like the challenges. And I think something I'm thinking about right now is like my, so my oldest is nine. And I think that's similar. How your oldest is. She'll be 11 in uh, be 11. About, okay. about a week. Yeah. So, so pretty close. And so it, it, as they get kind of like to that age, this is my thought, I'm not an expert, but it's like, you, you want them to struggle with some things. You want them to start to have to go through sorts of like rites of passage, right? And my oldest is, is a boy. So I think there's a little bit more tendency to like, hey, I want him to like, you know, toughen up a little bit, right? But it's like- hundred percent. It's so different. But that's hard. That's hard. And and there's, there's, there's things that are built into the traditional schooling system, like sports, like some level of hazing. That's actually okay. Like, you know, it's kind of like- it kind of it kind of toughens you up a little bit, so it's like you don't want to fully eliminate that, and it's like, like I kind of want my I got into fights when I was a kid. I kind like I kind of want my son to go through that on some level. You know what I mean? To how have much, that. How much you know about yourself? You never been in a fight. I don't want to die without any scars. <laughs> exactly. You know? yeah. Is that what a man looks like, Calvin uh, yeah. Klein? Or what? I was trying to quote some Fight Club, but that didn't yeah, work. Exactly. That well. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it sounded <laughs> like a quote. Yeah, exactly. But. But I hear what you're saying, you know, it's like you yeah. want them to go through some challenges. So so I, I don't have a good answer for that. Um, but I think what I see and I observe in society is that there's a tendency to soften things up, right? It's like you don't want anyone to be offended. You don't want anyone to feel a microaggression, whatever the heck that is. I don't know. It's like you don't you don't want any sort of pain or anyone to feel ostracized or excluded. Are there extremes of that? Yes. Is, are there things like racism? Yes. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like, there's a, I think you, if you go overboard with that, you remove, you have to just be cognizant of what is, is what, what baby is being thrown out with that bathwater, so to speak. Right. And, um, it's just interesting. I don't know what that is. And so like, okay, sports, you can kind of recreate that with homeschooling. You can, you can do some other things, but I'm just trying to be cognizant of that because I think it's a really important developmental, um, aspect of growing up. And the, the key thing is like, how do you respond when people that don't like you do things to you? Like what, what, how do you, how do you, how's your character get built around that? Yeah. And then how do you respond when something you pour your, 
your hard work and your your soul and your sweat into and it doesn't work out like how are you going to respond those are essential life skills you have to learn to be successful and it's like how do you manufacture that almost not manufacture but like how do you put your kids in situations like that like yeah and and we had you know i think about a scenario we had uh, back a while back where uh i would take my daughter to the park a lot she she's like the most social person and that's one of the things that's like you said you worry a little bit am i screwing up my kid but i see how social she is in um every different scenario so we go to the park a lot she'd meet people and uh there were situations where there was people who i thought there was a good relationship there but then things would start to happen and and there was um you know it's kid stuff it's going to the park and her not wanting to play with her right which sounds very childish it is childish but mm-hmm. we had there was a period of months where I would take my daughter home crying, you know, almost every time we went to the park because of this one particular thing. And, uh, you know, that's it's sort of a silly thing on one level, but there was some real relational pain and relational struggle there and, and uh, rejection, dealing with rejection and stuff like that. And we had to kind of talk her through it and stuff. And so it was a scenario where on a micro scale at a young age, where there, there was some real relational struggle she was working through, but we were working with her through that somewhat closely and talking through that. And, you know, she was, I don't know, six or something like that. Um, and my wife, you know, continues to talk with her a lot about everything that she goes through. But I think that's sort of a little bit of my mental model for it is that things are going to come up and you just, uh, you know, hopefully you're close to your kids, right? Like, Mm, yeah. You know, it's like there's the whole hover thing, right? Anytime you're spending too much time with your kids, it can be called you're hovering, your helicopter. Um, but I think that on on another level, we want to be close to our kids. And I don't think that yeah. maybe I don't know if that's necessarily uh common in our society to be to be close, to have a close relationship, to have a close dialogue, to really um, have a lot of tr- high level of trust and communication. I think for me, that's the goal, you know, I, I would, so I would agree with that, but I would, I would disagree on some level to say, you also don't want to just be their friend. Like you want to be their friend, but you still have to be their parent, you know? Right. And I think that's what, I think what I heard you say though, is it sounds like you guys, you took a good path. You, you took the middle road, right? You didn't take an extreme. So one extreme could be like, you don't, you don't go back to that park anymore you know, and you, you remove her from that adversity. That could be one extreme or one extreme could be like, you just got to get over it. You know, whatever your daughter's name is like, you just got to get over it. And then you don't say anything. You don't help her process it. Right. And it's like, so it's kind of like, you got to put in the work to, to like talk her through it and, and be like, this is, I mean, I don't know what you said, but it's kind of like, this, this is like, this is, these challenges are going to come in life. Like there's some people that are just mean, you know, and yeah. like, this is going to happen or, and I'm sure you, it's like, you can like sort it, help her sort that out. Cause it's like, she's like, why, why is this person meeting me? Like, am I a bad person? Or, you know, like, did I do something wrong? Or am I less than valuable or something? I mean, I don't know. She can have all these thoughts and she can process them in a vacuum or you can help her process them, you know, and help her mature. Yeah. So it's like, again, it's that middle road. It's like, you got to put in the work. Yeah. But it's not, it's not, it's, it's not easy. Like that's the yeah. thing. It's like, and as a dad, you're like, dude, I don't know what to say. I never had a six year old get bullied before. I don't, I don't remember when I was six. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's kind of yeah. like, and then you're kind of, you're, you're kind of, 
you're kind of analyzing the situation and you're trying to figure out, is this just a regular disagreement argument or is this a scenario where this person doesn't have the best intention for my daughter or doesn't really care about my daughter? You know what I mean? And you're trying to, and you don't know for sure. And as they get older, you have less and less, I'm not at the part, you know, you have less and less direct contact in some ways and stuff. And so you got to read between the lines and try to figure out like, like at the end of the day, like, like healthy relationships will have challenges Mm -hmm. and you got to work through those challenges. Right. But is it a healthy relationship or an unhealthy? If it's an unhealthy relationship, you want to encourage them to probably get out of it. Right. If it's a healthy relationship with challenges, you want to encourage them to work through it. Um, And so, you know, I think, those are the things that are hard to to know, you know, for sure. And and to realize, you said healthy relationships have challenges. That's actually something I had to learn in my marriage. Um, and I'm going to take us on a little tangent here. So my parents, I, I grew up in a great home. My parents are awesome. But one thing they didn't do is they didn't resolve conflict in front of us. So my parents, it's not like they fought all the time, but if they got into a disagreement, we might see one of them raise their voice and maybe they'd get into something, but they would resolve the conflict, you know, apart from the kids. And maybe that was by nature of like, they'd be like, go play downstairs, you know, like we're arguing or something, or maybe they resolved it in the bedroom and I didn't want to see that anyways. But like, (laughs) um, but like, it's, uh, it's interesting that had an effect on me. Because by nature, I'm a positive conflict avoidance person by my personality. And so I wouldn't want to conf- like have conflict in our marriage. So you'd kind of avoid it because so, you'd be like, oh, conflict is a sign that our marriage isn't doing well. So this is like in the first like you know year or two of our marriage was like I kind of had to learn how to fight and learn how to resolve things. And so it's interesting when you talk about like with kids, it's like – there's, there's more caught than taught is the, is the term, right? It's like, so, so it's like, there's one aspect of what you describe with your, with your daughter where it's like you actively are involved in like talking her through that, but there's a whole nother dynamic where she's watching you and your wife, like she's seeing how you guys treat each other, right? Yeah. Okay. If, if, if mom is, is treating dad poorly, and the dad doesn't say anything, or I never see her apologize, and I never see her say, you know, I was really stressed, and like, I'm really sorry, and then you to be like, you know, I, I forgive you, or whatever, like, that speaks volumes, right? Like, totally. And so it's just interesting to think about, and, and we're not perfect, right? Like, listen, my wife and I have fought in front of our kids multiple times, you know, and it's like, and I'm not perfect at all, <laughs> but it's like, being aware of that is is I think one of the most important things to be like, really, and that goes kind of goes like a hierarchy of like where you should prioritize. Like, you should work on your marriage because that and 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 loving your wife because that's a that's a that's going to flow into everything. You know, that's totally. yeah. It it, it 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 displays you know so many lessons to your kids. Yeah, it really does, and I think that uh, that's something I've been thinking about a lot in the last several months in particular, and. Um, I think that we can really, we can be quick to kind of downplay that. Like if, if, if we are having some conflict, it's kind of like, well, as long as we don't, um, yell at each other in front of the kids, as long as we don't, but kids see everything they, and they feel, they feel all of that tension. So if you, if you're not 
affectionate, loving, having fun, enjoying each other. Um, anything short of that, even if you're not fighting, but anything short of that is having downstream effects on your kids, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm it really, could, it comes full circle to what we're talking about content marketing, being authentic, but then being diligent and doing the work. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you need to be totally. authentic in front of your kids. <laughs> Like you, I need to show as much passion and love for my wife in the, t when I'm feeling positive about her. And as much as I do when I'm feeling negative, right? If I, if I'm getting like real mad and I'm raising my voice, I better be doing the same thing when I'm like actively trying to like resolve the conflict and, and, and make up and like, you know, apologize, but I better do the work because if I don't do the work of like doing that aspect of it, then yeah. it's not going to be good. I then I'm just flying off the handle every time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you have to be authentic in that, you know, cause you're, cause you're right. Your kid, you're so right. You know, like yeah. your kids, they pick up on everything, man. Like, and, and your, your tone is going to change to them. If you're mad, you know, if you're fighting with your wife or whatever, and if you're stressed out at work or whatever, like they know that, you know, they do, they do. And then they, they need to, you know, in, in an ideal world, you would work all your stuff out in the other room, in the bedroom, somewhere else. And then you'd be perfect in front of your kids and your fam, you know, but in the real world, there are going to be days where you're in a bad mood, where you're having some level of, uh, conflict and they're going to see how you work it out, how you deal with it, how you yeah. kind of negotiate, uh, situations with your spouse. And it's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be perfect. Um, but they're going to, they're going to learn from that, you know? And, and I just think, man, I hope I'm setting a good example, um, you know, for them, you know, because they're going to have all the same stuff. Like everybody go, it's this circle of life. Like they're going to be parents one day. They're going to have those annoying situations. They're going to have, you know, yeah. they're going to feel guilty that maybe they're messing up their kids, you know? Um, yeah. and you know, all that stuff cycles and repeats, you know? And it's interesting, like the, I was just thinking like, it's a weird balance between focusing on your kids and not focusing on your kids when you talk about like um, modeling things. So if, if your kids are the center of your life, that's not a healthy thing because then they they have a focus always on themselves, right? And I was thinking about like, when it comes to like physical fitness, like I've been trying to incorporate my kids in like my workout routine. I think the hashtag kid iron we were using, you and I were posting some videos. Dude, you had and a bunch like, of views on that video, man. Yeah. <laughs> it, we kind of took off. I tagged a guy called Zach Homel in um, Indy. He runs a gym over there. But so that was, I'm just riding on the coattails of like really Twitter famous people. But um, it, it's like, I'll just be like, Hey, I want to go for a run. And I'll just go, I'll, I'll say, Hey, we're going for a run. And my youngest two, I'm pushing in a jogging stroller. The older two are riding their bikes. And it's just like, this isn't, this isn't me saying let's chat the whole way. And I'm this great dad. And I'm going to be like catering to my kids. It's like, no, I make a commitment to myself. I want to be more physically fit. I'm involving the kids. It wasn't really even an option. I'm like, we're going for a run. And sometimes my oldest is like, I don't want to go for a run. I'm like, no, we're going, it's going to take 20 minutes and you can ride your bike. Come on. You know, it's like, yeah. But he's seeing that as a priority, right? It's like, hey, I'm 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 self focused on fitness, and we're going to be focused on fitness as a family, right? Like, but it's it's just modeling it. It's like this isn't about him. This isn't about we're not going to go on the road that he wants to go on. We're not going to go to the. They want to go to the park sometimes, and we go to the park sometimes. But it's like, no, we're just going on a run. You know, we're doing this, and it's like, um, I think in the same way with marriage, one of the things that's interesting is like, 
if you're just, fo- you know, people say, don't try to work on your marriage, like work on yourself or like from a spiritual perspective, it's like work on your, on that's your faith, my right? whole mantra right it's now. Like, man. That's my whole it, thing. Right yeah. Now. It's crazy. And it's like, it's like, well, maybe there's something there as it relates to kids, right? It's like, if you're focused on your kid, I just thought of this when you were talking, it was like, if you're focused on your kids all the time, that's actually can be a negative because you're like hyper hovering and you're like assessing everything and you're like anxious about everything. Yeah. You're anxious. And like, it's like to, whereas if like one step above your kids is like your wife and you're like, well, I'm going to focus on loving my wife. And I know that there's going to be a lot of downstream effects from that. And I'm going to focus on like health and I'm going to focus on, you know, I'm going to focus on, you know, you know, serving people in the community maybe, or your faith, you know, you'd say, we want to pray or read the Bible more or something. It's like, that's going to have all these downstream effects. They're going to see that I'm interested in these things. I'm passionate about these things and they're going to learn. And then they're going to be naturally inquisitive. Right. Like, yeah, that's the other thing, like when it comes to education to loop that in is like, kids are so naturally curious. Like, yes, yes. You just gotta, you surround them with resources and like just fuel their fire. Like, yeah. yeah. But if that's- you're not curious and you're not learning, Guess yeah. what? They're probably not going to care about learning either. If you yeah. just watch TV all day or just like don't do yeah. anything. If you're just don't like your kids. if you're just miserable and stressed out and then you see your kids and you're like do your homework and da, 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 you know that's not going to be inspiring for them. I mean, my daughter has been uh drawing a lot. You know, she's always loved to draw and she's started to do it on her iPad and I was I noticed I was like dude, she's drawing every single day in her like free time, you know? And for a long time, I was just like, oh, that's adorable. That's really cute. That's so cute. And you know how it is as a parent, like sometimes the drawings are, yeah. they're beautiful to you because you're the dad, but they're not. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, but I was like, dude, her drawings are getting better and better and better. And then at one point I was like, dude, maybe she is going to become an illustrator or something like that. You know, and I'm always thinking of, you know, it's an interesting uh, tension because my wife is very into like a classical homeschooling model, reading the classics, mm-hmm. penmanship, writing, read like non-technology. And I'm very much yeah. technology and stuff. So I'm always thinking... <laughs> man, could she become an illustrator? Like, how can it, like I, I started teaching her to type. She's up to like 16 words a minute and stuff like that. And, um, I'm always wanting to push in that direction. And we have this natural tension, which I think is good because I don't want her to just be purely technology. And we don't, you know, we don't let her use a phone. We're planning not to let her use social media for a long time. Um, but trying to find that, uh, that balance and trying to, you know, cause like, for example, I'm a programmer. I would love mm-hmm. for her to want to be a programmer. And I had tried to get her into programming and there's some really cool, um, materials for kids to learn to program visually and stuff like that. But it just didn't, it didn't take off. It didn't, it wasn't mm-hmm. there. And then now I'm seeing this illustration thing. I'm like, man, I'm like, this is great. So then I'm kind of encouraging that I want to get her a nice Apple pencil and, you know, some of the things that will help her. Uh, down that path. Uh, but yeah, it's, I've been thinking a lot about that, that like seeing the talents, seeing the curiosities and then trying to, you know, maybe, maybe push them a little bit in the direction they're already going in, um, is, uh, is, is such a big part of it, you know? 
Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to be very like observant of what they're interested in. What are they, what's catching on? And then you feed that fire, throw a little kindling on it, you know, like to get it going up. And it's like, okay, I want to equip her and I'm going to invest in this and we're going to get her, you know, an Apple pencil or whatever. And whatever that is, you're, you're just stoking that natural fire that that's, that's there. And it's interesting. You say like my wife and I are the same, like she's more classical. I'm more like, yeah, it's technology. And I, you know, I want my son to like learn how to code and he's kind of like interested in it, but it's like, there, there is something to be said for that's the world they're going to grow up in. Right? right. Like you can't, you, you, you have to be able to, you know, talk about socialization or whatever, but it's like, you also have to know how to use the tools that exist. Right. And you got to be aware of them at least yeah. enough to, to use them to what accomplish what you want to accomplish. Right. Yeah. One of the huge things I think about a lot is I want to teach my kids like when you look at social media, there's obviously a lot of negatives, you know, especially you think about teenagers just being absorbed in TikTok or whatever. And there's a lot of negatives, but I think that there's a lot of real positives to knowing how to effectively build relationships online. Like I heard, I saw the phrase uh, digital, digital relationship building. Mm. And I was like, wow, I was like, that's something that I uh, do a lot of. And I didn't have a that's, word. That's for why it. we're talking. That's why that's we're why, talking. That's why I, we're we talking. on Twitter, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's something that that's something that you do a, an amazing job of. And you've built relationships with some of the real high level people in tech and, and on your podcast. And I'm sure you're also really good at sales. I think sales is a real interesting job as well. Um, and so I, I think a lot about that. Like I want to like, obviously it's great to have local relationships to be involved in whatever activities you're involved in. But I think the skill of digitally re building relationships is so important and it's something that I want to teach them how to do. But it's like, especially at this age, I'm not going to just be like, okay, here's Twitter. Have fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of there's a lot of garbage on, on, on the yeah. internet, you know, so finding that balance is going to be a little tricky. Um, but you know, that's, yeah, you don't I give wanna... a, you don't give like a, you wouldn't give your daughter like a machine gun, right? You might say, right. well, I give her a BB gun, you know, <laughs> or, or like, and I'll watch her use it for a little while. So she doesn't like shoot her sister's eye out or something, but yeah, it's like, it could still be a tool if you need to learn how to like hunt or something. It's like, or yeah, a knife yeah. or something. It's like, yeah. you just hand them a knife. You teach them how to use it. You teach them how to handle it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like the internet is, uh, such a double-edged sword. It's such a powerful tool. Uh, but it's also, uh, it's a, it's a tool that can be used for positive or negative, right? There's, um, all these studies on increases in depression among, uh, kids. And I think specifically girls, um, because of all of the comparison, all of that yeah. stuff. Right. And it's like, that stuff is real. Like that's not yeah. a small thing, you know, that's, a, that's and that's us too, Kalen. Don't and just say it's just not girls. I mean, it's like, I see what you're doing. I'm like, Oh, Kalen's got some, he's got the sweet podcast set up. Like, wow, his mic looks cooler than mine. I mean, <laughs> like it's a reality. You can use that though, and you can be like, okay, am I getting caught up in that? Or am I saying, how do I, if I really have an objective to like increase the quality of my audio, I'll look at what people are doing and I'll mimic that. But I won't yeah. get down that road of, I'm going to be like, oh, I just want to be like them or whatever. So it's like, yeah. And huge. it, and it, and it 100% affects us as third, I'm 39, you're, th you know, yeah. almost 40 year olds, 100%. 
uh, affects us. And so we had a whole life that we grew up without all of this technology. So how much yeah. more so does it affect somebody who's 14, doesn't know anything else, the brain isn't even fully developed, right? It's going to be so much more intense. But you're right. At the end of the day, we have to figure out how to grapple with those with 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 the pros of being able to be inspired by somebody and to want to improve yourself and the cons of sometimes just just being filled with jealousy and and, and anxiety and things like that to where it's not not helping you and you have to sort of you have to know yeah. yourself and you have to be able to you know like there's situations where there's somebody who I'm constantly you know feeling jealous of or whatever and it just, it doesn't help me. It doesn't help me at all. So, um, it's not something, whereas like, like I always tell you how impressed I am about your podcast guests. And like that to me is like an iron sharpening iron. Like it, like it's inspiring to me. Um, and mm -hmm. so I think that you just, you got to know yourself, you got to know which things inspire you and which things don't for whatever reason. And just, yeah, you know, kind of, curate the stuff that you're following you got to curate your feed um, yeah you know to make it work no, for you at the end of the yeah. day yeah you know and i'm learning that i i definitely have not learned that i would say i get sucked into that trap often and i think it's interesting because i feel like you and i are, are of kind of the generation where we kind of we grew up as this stuff was kind of coming out is like just after, like I didn't have Facebook in high school or really even like college. Right. It was like right. after that, but you're young enough where you kind of adopted it. Cause you're like a early tech adopter. Right. So it's like, right. we kind of saw that and then we could kind of like um, figure it out. And now, now stuff is coming out of the negative effects of it to whereas like kids that grew up maybe just, just after us, it's like, they didn't know all the negative effects. Right. And they're just growing up with all of this technology. And it's like, okay, now that we kind of understand it, it's our, we need to, we need to write the training manual or the user's manual for some of this stuff right. you know, <laughs> of how to avoid the pitfalls. And it's interesting. It, it, it all goes back to balance and maybe that's too cliche, but it's like, it's always in the middle. Like, so the guy that I look up to that I, that I get envious of, um, is a guy by the name of Nathan Barry, which I know you know who he is. He's a founder oh, yeah. of ConvertKit. He was on the podcast. I'll plug that to toot my own horn. Um, but he he wrote a blog post. I don't even remember. I don't know if I even read the whole thing. It was it was basically talking about how gratitude is like a bunch of BS and like it breeds complacency. And I thought it was the most like I thought it was just like a that's a, a controversial like, take counterintuitive. Well, it's a controversial take, but it was kind of like, I didn't agree with it. Right. Like, but I didn't, but, but if you think about that and I'm like, he's kind of right to some degree, right. If like you always constant, if you always concentrate on gratitude, like then you can kind of fall into complacency because you're just like, Oh, my life is so great. And then you don't like aspire to greatness. And, um, but it's interesting because it's like, he, also hearing about some of the things that he dealt with, like some anxiety and some different things like that as he was growing convert kid and, um, some of the toll that that took. And like, we talked about earlier, I think about a guy by the name of Sean McCabe, who Sean West at Sean West, I think is his, his Twitter handle. He took a sabbatical year because he got like burned out. And he was a guy that I looked up to. He's like putting out a ton of content. It was like amazing. And he just did really good work. And it's like, I was inspired slash envious of him. 
And it's a fine line between being just envious or dismissing them for being like, oh yeah, that's great, but he has a crappy family life. Like, so that, yeah, I, I could do that, but I, you know, that's what the cost. So it's like, whatever, you just poo poo it away to whereas like, if you take the middle road and say, how can I be inspired by this person or what can I learn from them and be aware of, okay, what are all the pros and cons here of what this person's doing? And how do I make myself better as, you know, as a result? It's like, yeah. we're talking about Gary Vaynerchuk. He's a classic example. Dude says family first. And then he works like 24 seven. And it's like, when are you spending time with your family, man? Like, dude, you're obviously a horrible dad. I'm like, Maybe I'm saying that to justify the fact that I'm not hustling as much as he is, but like <laughs> something's not adding up here. You know? <laughs> yeah. I remember, uh, I, I remember listening to Gary V back, um, maybe, maybe 10 years ago and there was a time and there was, and I think he's evolved on this topic quite a bit. And he had said something like, he was like, yeah, I'm going to let my kids use a phone from whenever they're young and whatever, that's the world that they're in. And it was just like a very, it was like a very like capitalistic approach sort of to kids. And I, I had to stop listening. I was like, I, this is too much for me. And I've gone in and out of phases. And then more recently, as I've, as I listened to his stuff, um, I really love his, a lot of his approach. And I think he's balanced out over time. And he talks about how he'll take these six week vacations that are totally unplugged, just family and, and things like that. And then when he's working, he's working, but on the weekends he's, he's taking off and finding his own balance. You know, I think finding his own balance within a context of being driven at a level that we probably don't understand what's going on in his brain of how driven he is and, and finding that balance, I think yeah. can be tricky, but, uh, but it's interesting because I, you know, I find that there can be people who, particularly if I feel like we are at the same level or we're close to the same level and then all of a sudden they're up here, I have a hard time yeah. drawing inspiration. It's easier for me to feel jealous <laughs> versus if they're already up here, it's just like, oh yeah, they're just up here. That's awesome. I want to be like them. Um, yeah. So I've had those situations where it, it just, it constantly aggravates me and then I just I just have to see less of it in my feed because it's just I I just have I just I'm I'm not I'm 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 an issue you know I I just you just jump um, to an extreme you're like I'm yeah. just gonna get rid of it yeah sorry and I don't then, need that <laughs> and and sometimes I do, I, you're preaching to the choir on this Caleb no way. and you're right I do I do that a lot I do the extreme thing a lot and uh yeah. it's 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 part of my it's part of my nature it's one of the things that I I I, I need to work on. Um, but yeah, the Nathan Barry thing is real funny because I had an email software that I was at the same revenue level as him. Uh, you remember no when way. he was at the 5,000 a month? Yeah. It was, it was like an experiment, right? He was trying to do like an app challenge or something. Something like that. But, but in his post where he talks about how he was kind of just, I think it was at like 5,000 a month. I don't know if you've read this post, but yes, somebody I have, challenged, yeah. I think it was Heaton Shaw challenged him and said, Hey, you got to go all the way on this. And then he decided to go all the way on this. And then his revenue is, I think it's 2 million. I think it's uh, what is it? It's something. It's 2 million a month. It's 2 million MMR. MR, it's 2 million a month. It's 2 million a month. So think about this, man. We were both at 5,000 at the same time. 
and mine had some modest growth to that point. I mean, it, very, very, very modest. Um, but his is just, it's absurd. Like the, like the way it's, it's grown. Uh, and so that was one of those things where it was like, oh, well, I thought we were sort of on the same level. No, you were not. <laughs> we're not. You're not on his <laughs> level, dude. You're not. Um, and uh, yeah, I like I think uh, he's a he just seems like an amazing guy, you know. Um, yeah. And it's uh, that is that's um, I would say you're preaching to the choir on that. Like I, I can relate to you one million percent. I never even actually had an app that was that successful. So you beat me on that, um, Caleb. But it's like. That is a breeding grounds for resentment and robbing your life of what you're actually um, doing, right? So it's like it, you you can then constantly like be mad at yourself that you didn't go all in on that, and then you can start to resent like and maybe you didn't in that time frame. You had really good quality time with your kids. You did all these other things that you're not even thinking about, right? You're, all, you're only thinking about how you didn't do that one thing, right? And then you can start to resent your family. Be like, oh, man, man, I kind of sacrificed my business on the altar of my family. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm one to say you don't, you shouldn't sacrifice your family on your altar of success. But maybe I, I've sacrificed my success on the altar of my family. And that sounds bad to say that because it's like, how could you say that? But it's like you can feel that. You can right? feel that. You can you feel can that. Feel that. And you can you can resent your family, and like no one's ever gonna be like, nah, I don't really resent my family. But you can, you actually do sometimes. You totally I do, do. You, you know, totally, you totally and can. You totally. Now can. maybe that makes me a jerk dad. I don't know, but it's like you can totally do that. So it's like everybody but thinks the, these things. Know, very few people say them and articulate them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you can. But you can. Then it goes back to the extremes, and I'll harp on this. I'm broken freaking record, but it's like you can. You can go to the extreme of like if you if you find out he struggled with anxiety and he struggled with overwhelm and maybe depression or something as he was growing his business. Yep, told you so. Yep, that idiot. Yeah, I yeah, that's why I didn't build that business. Yeah, see, he sucks. I bet his family sucks too. I bet you he's actually a crappy dad. You know, you jump to the cynical like negative side, right? Yeah, and it's like, I mean, I'm sure you haven't done any of this, right? Um, you know, but. It's Never. like, that's an extreme. Instead, you can say, okay, I consciously, I consciously made these decisions and maybe they weren't in line with what I wanted to do, but it's neither here nor, here, here nor there. I have to concentrate on, okay, what went well, what didn't go well, and how am I going to adjust? And I think one thing I'm struggling with, and I, I would assume there's a lot of dads in this boat is like, um, this is something I'm like going through like right now, just to be fully candid. It's like, kind of this weird like midlife crisis like scenario but it's not a midlife crisis it's kind of like you're like okay i feel like both of us are are probably the same level in terms of like engagement with our kids right like we we didn't we didn't sacrifice time with our kids to grow this career this crazy career so it's not like you're going through a midlife crisis where you put in all these hours and then all of a sudden your kids are grown and you're like oh i just want to like buy a sports car or something but it's kind of like I put in all this time and I didn't give that enough credit for all the things I did do. And maybe I sacrificed doing these other like business endeavors or hobbies or whatever. Instead, I poured into my kids and you're, but you're not thinking about that. You're just thinking about all the things you didn't do. And then you're realizing you're like, my values kind of changed in the process. I don't want to, I don't want to run a unicorn or I don't want to grow this massive business, 
but I feel like I didn't achieve the things I wanted to achieve. And I don't really know what my next steps are goal wise. Like I don't, I don't really know where I want to go, but I see these other people that I kind of want to copy. And so you're kind of struggling with what a goal, what your next, what your goals are. Right. So you're kind of like, so there, so there's like this, um, when we talk about like doing the work and working on yourself and all this stuff, like you, you, you have to chase what you're interested in, but that only gets you so far. And if you actually have a goal in mind that aligns with that, that's going to help you achieve greatness. You're only going to achieve so much if you're just constantly chasing what interests you. You're going to have like shiny object syndrome, right? Um, but you can, I think at this stage of life with young kids, it's kind of like you kind of wake up and you're like, oh shoot, where did I want to be when I was this age? And I feel like I'm kind of behind the eight ball now. And like, what do I want to do? And and that's kind of hard. I mean, for me, it's kind of like you you see you you kind of have enough knowledge and and, and exposure to like the pros and cons that that it takes and the work that it takes to achieve some things. So you're kind of like, yeah, I see. I'm not naive enough to be like I'm just going to go out there and start this big business because you're naive and you don't see all the downfalls. You're like, yeah, I've seen some guys that have really effed that up. You know, like they really sacrificed their family on the altar of that business, and I don't want to do that. But I kind of want to have ambitious goals, you know. <laughs> like, it's like, and maybe this isn't resonating with you, Kalen. Uh, I don't know, but it's like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily have that feeling of. Oh um, shoot! <laughs> I put myself out there. <laughs> there was no. <laughs> you like, dude? But I, no, you're way off the I know. I think that's real, though, man. I, I mean, I. <laughs> sometimes i mean you know we all have different things i mean i could talk about things that you probably wouldn't struggle with and <laughs> we're um, editing all that out then <laughs> i'm just totally kidding <laughs> um no man i think that uh um i i would have guessed that a lot of people do uh feel that way i definitely um like i said i mean i i have the feeling of being jealous of some people that have more success than i do um i just I don't know. It, it, and it may be, to be honest, that you've been more consistent about prioritizing your family. I mean, I had a period of time where I was working every night. I had my day job and I was working every night and we had a we had a toddler and my wife hated me for a period of time. And mm -hmm. was that would I advise somebody to do that, to have a day job and then have a side hustle for two hours every night with a wife and two kids, one of whom is an infant? No, that doesn't sound like a smart thing to do. And it may be that maybe I did have periods of sacrificing the family more than you. And then so maybe that's part of why I don't have that sense. Like maybe if you were real consistent the whole time and you never, you never, you know, overdid it on work, maybe there would, could be some regrets there, something like that. But um, yeah, I definitely feel jealousy um, and I'm, and I'm learning to be more honest with myself about it, like about when I, when I feel that way, you know, um, and I, I was hanging out with a buddy who got a new house recently and it's, it's one of the most beautiful houses I've ever seen. And I was like, I was a little bit jealous, you know, I had to be honest with mm -hmm. myself. And it's like, if I wanted to try to afford a place that was a little nicer, could I will probably, but I also, 
like living above uh, below my means or what is it about below my means i like having mm -hmm. uh simplicity there and things like that like in austin like if you want to live on the lake here in austin a lot of people do that and there's some really nice places on the lake and we're not on the lake you know we're in another area we really love the neighborhood that we're in but there's there's just a million things that you can be jealous of whether it's where somebody lives, what, you know, how fit they are, what, you know, how many kids they have, like, um, and then what, where your kid, how your kids are doing in X, Y, and Z and mm. money and da, da, da. there's just, I think we all struggle with that, some flavor of it. And everybody's a little bit unique in, in their struggle. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I feel bad that I, <laughs> I'm totally, I'm just razzing you, man. I don't care. Okay. Um, I mean, I do care, but, um, it's, I do uh, care, but I don't care. <laughs> the, I guess where I come at it with is like, what are the tactics then for embracing the, cause I think at the end of the day, you can take, you can take two extremes. One, you can, you can justify your complacency by looking at the, all the negatives that resulted from someone's success. Right. Or you can take the other extreme of like totally going gung ho and like sacrificing your family and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to go all in on this because I want to be a success and all this. So it's like both are bad. Um, but how do you balance that? Because I think it's easier to just be complacent and say, justify why you weren't as successful as them when maybe you weren't working hard enough. Right. And, and so it's kind of like, there is something to be said for not living up to your full potential. And I think that's kind of a little bit what is rooted in what I'm kind of going through is like, you're like, Oh, could I have done that more? Could I put in more effort and like achieve that? And that's kind of what you're saying with your whole, you know, convert kit competitor was kind of like, well, you know, should I have done something different or was I not working hard enough or whatever? Like you're kind of second guessing yourself. And how do you, how do you shift that to a mentality of like, okay, I'm just going to try to get better every day and get better every day. doesn't mean I'm going to put in one more hour every day because I know you, you you're, that's going to come at the expense of something else. But it's like, how do I do things like, how do I, you know, sleep better or work out more? So I feel better. So I'm more engaged with my kids or how do I, um, simplify my life, you know, live below my means. So I don't have more stuff. That's like taking a mental toll or whatever. Yeah. Um, and how do you surround yourself with people that are like that? Because I think kind of what you're saying with curating your feed, that's really important because if you're surrounding yourself with successful people that are always posturing to display their success, that's not healthy. Like yeah. they're, you know, I think it's like, how do you surround yourself with someone with people that are, that are, you know, growth minded, but maybe are just like one step ahead of you or, yeah. or maybe they're one step behind you. So you're actually like helping them too. You know, it's like, I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, there's so much, uh, there's so much that you said there. I, 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 that I connect to, I think that like, for me, there's definitely ways that I look back and I go, well, um, I could have worked harder. I could have been more focused. Um, I do, like to do a variety of different things and that can be a strength could also be a weakness gary v i think about also does a lot of different things he has his holding company his wine brand his agency his e-commerce agency his sports agency and yet he does find ways to make it work 
Um, and there's other people, Jeff Bezos, right? Hyper focused on Amazon. Um, and just single, he's single divorced minded. though, right? Like he's divorced. Is <laughs> that right? Go. Yeah. Okay. Horrible person. Horrible <laughs> just, person. Just for the record. Yeah. Just for the record. And so, um, like, yeah, like there's, there's, uh, that balance is something I've struggled with. I also, you know, like going back a year or so, I was really not inspired at all by, by the work I was doing. And I was, um, I was not coding. I was not iterating on the product. I wasn't improving it. I was maintaining things and, 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 and was doing fine financially, but, um, I was real disconnected and I've kind of have reconnected with that. And I, I have a, a nice, um, bit more balanced thing now where I'm feeling more inspired than I was in the past. And I'm seeing momentum moving in the right direction for a while. My revenue was going down. My revenue went down by about half. Um, and I was like, man, I need to, I need to fix this. Um, and I, I am feeling better about it, but I'm also doing stuff like this where we just talk for an hour and a half about being a dad and stuff like that, because mm. is this directly related to my business? No, but it's something that it, it's a real curiosity for me. It's something that I, I'll walk away from this conversation fired up, you know, and I, and it's, it's something that. I'm learning. Like I realize for me when I'm doing content, if, 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 if I'm going to talk to somebody and do a podcast or whatever, non-podcast, any kind of a call, if I'm going to spend time with somebody, I want to be learning something and it could be learning. It, there could be a lot of different things I could potentially be learning. But if I'm like, I've had, I've had podcasts in the past where it made sense for my audience. The topic made sense. It was logical, but I had zero interest in it. I had zero curiosity. Um, and that's one of the things I'm really trying to optimize for, um, you know, and to really be genuinely curious in everything I'm doing. Sorry, I had to text my wife because um, we're, we're nearing the end of our time slot. Yeah, we are. We <laughs> I are. We are full transparency as dads. <laughs> you know, I wanted to, to voice that. <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are nearing the end of the slot here. And yeah. uh, why don't I give you the final word and then we'll uh, give you can let, let people know where to find you online. Awesome. So I have to do the final word. You say you're doing the yeah, final you, word. No, no, you're, no, you're doing, you're doing let any, any, uh, I'll, I'll do the I, well, final word. I wanted word. to say, I wanted to say, I want to do this again. I think we should do like a regular collaboration. I think so too. Dad podcast. So yeah. I think we, we, we only scratched the surface, man. There's an iceberg of knowledge waiting. Um, the, the final word would be, I think this, this, there was a very meta thing that happened when we were talking about like surrounding yourself with people and talking through issues and learning in this podcast was like, really I'm fired up. And, and I think there's something to be said for constantly embracing that balance, um, or the, the spectrum that is parenting, the spectrum that is like business, because there's always going to be, you know, trade-offs and it's like always assessing those, but then having a growth mindset. And I think that that's something I'm learning every day. I'm not an expert at, but, um, it's, uh, it, it, I'll share one thing. It was funny because that's one thing with my podcast that I started as a passion project. So then I didn't really care about its success. I'm like, you know, I'm not trying to monetize this. This isn't a side hustle, but that kind of made complacency, um, creep in, you know, and it's like mediocrity kind of creep crept in. And it's like, no, this is still really important to me. I still want to invest my time into it and I need to make this the best I can be, you know? 
Um, and I don't want it, that to be a, an excuse for my laziness, right? Like the fact that it's just a, a passion project. Yeah. And so I think that's really important. But so um, you can find me at twocentdad.com, number twocentdad.com. Um, I'm at Sudik on Twitter. A -S, it's at S-U-D-Y-K. Um, but yeah, just subscribe to the podcast. Um, I'm, I'm excited to do this again, Kalen. Thanks yeah, for, man. Thanks for same here. I have about man. I have about six or seven like subtopics now that I have in mind to uh, to talk about. So I appreciate it, man. Yes. I had a had a blast, and uh, we'll uh, definitely talk again soon. So thanks everybody for tuning in, and we'll see you.